Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody. This episode of Luke's English Podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. If you'd like to download a free audiobook, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke or click one of the buttons on my website that says Audible. Okay, let's get started with another episode. Here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to an episode of Luke's English Podcast. This one features a conversation with my friend Paul Taylor, who you already know from previous episodes of Luke's English Podcast. Paul is back from the Edinburgh Fringe, where he was performing for the whole of August in a comedy show. And a couple of days ago, he came over to the flat for a cup of tea and a bit of a chat. Uh, we started talking about the Edinburgh Fringe and how it went for him. Uh, it was his first time, and I think he found it very challenging because the audiences were hard to please. Apparently, they had some tough shows where nobody laughed. And he realised that the standard of stand-up comedy in the UK is much higher than he expected. But it was a learning experience. Uh, Then we ended up talking about the similarity between learning how to do stand-up comedy and learning a language. And during the conversation, I quickly decided to record our thoughts on um, on the podcast so that I could turn it into an episode. We wrote down a few brief ideas and then went upstairs to start recording. And you can now listen to that conversation here in full in this episode. Um, the conversation is a little bit rambling, but I think that's a good thing. Um, so it's a slightly disorganised chat because we didn't fully plan everything in advance. But that for me is a strength because it means that you can listen to some authentic English conversation, meaning that it's natural, it's not scripted. This is English conversation as it happens in the real world. We're not acting out a dialogue. And this is exactly the sort of conversation that you should try to follow because ultimately it's better for your English. It might be harder to hear and understand everything we say, but that's not a bad thing. Um, It's good to get used to following a conversation in which you don't understand or hear every single word. Okay, so during our slightly rambling conversation, we do come to some very good conclusions about language learning, which are written below on the page for this episode. So pay attention to the conversation because I think it does contain some really good advice. As ever, please add your thoughts to our conversation by leaving a comment below. What do you think about our conclusions for language learning? And can you add any ideas of your own? Also, listen carefully in this episode because I will share some of my experiences of learning French, which is something people have been asking me about recently. And you'll see that I'm a little bit shy about this subject, but I'll let you listen to the episode in order to find out why. So also, 
In this episode, Paul and I ask you to send me some recordings of you copying the way that I speak. We talk about ways of um, improving your English and improving your pronunciation. One of those being uh, that you can perhaps just try to sort of copy uh, the way uh, native English speakers speak. Uh, You might want to choose one particular person and just try and copy their speech patterns and just adding us like pushing your pronunciation by trying to do a sort of impression of an English accent at the beginning can be a good way to uh, work on your accent. So uh, we suggest that you actually try copying me uh, because if you are a long-term listener to this podcast, then you probably hear me, my voice a lot. So I could be a good model for you to copy. So um, yes, I we ask you in this in this episode to send me recordings of you copying the way that I speak. 30 seconds, up to a minute of, of uh, time, copying the way that I speak. What I ask you to do is record your introduction to an episode of the podcast. So please send me about 30 seconds to one minute of audio of you doing an impression of me, okay? And you can download my jingle from the webpage. There's a link where you can actually download the jingle. So you can, if you want, you can even uh, copy the way that I introduce my podcasts. So you can download the jingle, play the jingle and say, you're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. So you could try and copy that, or you can even talk for 30 seconds at the beginning. And you know, I usually say things like, hello, welcome back to another episode of Luke's English podcast. How are you? I hope you're fine. I hope you're well. You know, that kind of thing. So send me um, an impression of me. Okay. And you can uh, send your impressions to podcast comp at gmail.com. Podcast comp at gmail.com. This isn't a competition. It's just a chance to, uh, to encourage you to, to copy me just for fun and also for your, for your pronunciation. So I can't wait to hear you copy my voice and my typical introductions. Okay. Podcast comp at gmail.com. Also, if you listen all the way to the end of this episode, you'll hear some fun extra content that I added at the end. Uh, So our conversation lasts about one hour. And then after that, you'll hear some fun extra stuff afterwards. If you would like to write a transcript for this episode using a Google document, then you can. Um, You can just click a link. There's a link on the page for this episode that will take you to a a Google document where you can uh, start your transcription. And I invite you to do that. Take part in the transcript collaboration. Okay, so that's it for this introduction. Uh, I'll now let you listen to the conversation that I had with Paul Taylor just a couple of days ago here in my flat. All right, thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend Paul Taylor. Hello, Paul. Hello. How are you, mate? I'm all right? doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm just good to be back. Good to be back in Paris. Now, Paul has been away in Edinburgh for about a month. He's only just come back. He was away at the Edinburgh Fringe, weren't you, Paul? That's the one, yeah. Edinburgh Fringe Festival or Edinburgh Festival Fringe. What is what is that exactly? Uh, I, I have actually talked about the Edinburgh Fringe on the podcast before. People might be aware of it. But just give me a very quick summary of what the Edinburgh Festival Fringe is, please. Uh, it's essentially a comedy festival. Uh, amongst other things, they do art and dance and things like that. But primarily, the whole month of uh, August in Edinburgh turns into a big festival where there's outdoor seating and bars and places to hang out. And almost every space in Edinburgh gets turned into a comedy venue. Uh, mm-hmm. So they put seats in, microphones uh, and a stage and it turns into a, to, to, to a venue. So there's about 3,000 shows that happen there. 
uh, during the month, and uh, most people, most comedians go there to perform for the entire month and uh, try and make people laugh uh, for a month. So, so you, you were part of a comedy show that was on in, in Edinburgh, and you performed for like the whole month, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. We was, uh, uh, we was that's not good English, but we were there, uh, so the... Uh, there's a, sh- a comedy show in Paris called French Fried Comedy, uh-huh. uh, and uh, we decided to, t- to, to. Well, I didn't decide, but the the, the organizer of that show uh, decided to uh, take it to Edinburgh and bring some people over from Paris as well as other guests. And uh, so I was, yeah, I was. I didn't have my own show there. I was uh, part of this showcase mm-hmm. uh, that was over there, and yeah, I performed for the whole month except for one weekend where uh, I uh, had the weekend off. Had the weekend off uh, down in London with my uh, Cherie. Okay, that's your girlfriend. That is French. So, Paul, how was it? Uh, <clears throat> it was uh, it was pretty tragic. It was uh, <laughs> really yeah. It didn't go very well. It was awful. Uh, it was pretty awful. It was pretty terrible. Yeah, it was actually one of the worst experiences in my life performing. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't fun. It, to, to perform, it wasn't fun. But it was fun to go and see other comedy shows that were very good and uh, try and get some inspiration uh, from them. But I wasn't happy with my performance or. <laughs> the show that I was a part of. I'm actually, obviously it's bad that you, you had a bad time and that you found it to be so horrendous. <laughs> but in a way, I like to hear about other people's bad experiences, Paul, with the emphasis on other people's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think everyone has enjoyed my, uh, everyone I've spoken to since I've been back or my parents have enjoyed the fact that I've uh, been struggling a lot. Uh, and really? uh, they enjoy, for some reason, my mum loves it. My mum loves every story that I tell where it's just been horrific or I've been, she's on the floor laughing. We don't want to hear about how wonderful it all was, Paul. <laughs> exactly. We want to hear about how you struggled and how it was difficult and how you failed. And, you know, we want to hear all about those things, I think. <laughs> obviously, obviously, we love to hear about, uh, you know, um, great experiences and success and so on. We do. But I think most people also love a good story of difficulty. They love to hear about other people's difficulties. Well, you've never seen a film or anything exciting where it all goes well the whole entire time. Yeah. There's always uh, a bit of something where it's all gone wrong. We like the we like stories of challenge and so on. So, okay, listeners, um, I've got Paul on the podcast today, and the plan is that... Um, He's going to tell us a little bit about exactly what went wrong um, in Edinburgh. So imagine he's got, what? how many dates was it? 30, uh, 30 dates? Uh, not quite. We started on the 8th and we finished on the 30th. So uh, 8 minus 30 is 22. So, so it's 22 dates. 22 dates, 22 comedy shows uh, as part of the big Edinburgh fringe. That's what uh, he had to do with a bunch of other people. Uh, some people were... Um, some people were French, some people were American, some people mm-hmm. were British. Um, and so it was a team of people putting on a comedy show. And it was awful, according to Paul. It was terrible. From Paul's point of view, it was horrible. <laughs> but uh, I think you said to me earlier on that you, it, you think it's probably a great learning experience. I think so, yeah. It's, it, I, I have many... Uh, I see it similar to learning a language in, in, in many different ways. And I think we'll, we'll talk about some of that. But yeah, it was just, it was just terrible. It was, it was just a great realisation that... Um, that I'm not funny uh, and we're not funny in Paris really really Com- like compared to the UK uh, we- <laughs> I'm, I'm funny well, no, you're, I'm not, you're, I'm not, you're, I'm you're not kind of funny I'm going to do that every time I say something that's supposed to be funny and then people will know <laughs> that that was supposed to be funny so for example oh we're not funny in Paris I'm funny yeah, okay, yeah. Right. we'll work on being funny together we've got a new show uh, and uh, we'll, we'll work on, on being funny but yeah it was just a great realisation that we are Utter sh- 
shit uh, at, at, at trying to, to 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 make people laugh compared to the people in the UK. The quality of comedy in the UK is uh, is actually really great. Um, and I knew that, but I'd forgotten about it because I've been in this bubble in Paris uh, for so long. And uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was awful just for for many different reasons. We had a venue, so our show was at three p.m. Every uh, in 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 Edinburgh at the festival, the show start at ten a.m. and go till five a.m. Mm. Uh, basically. So you kind of don't get a choice of when you perform. You submit an application, and they give you a venue and they give you a time slot. We got given three p.m. at a at a venue which is a sports bar. And in the back of this sports bar, they have a nightclub area where I guess on the weekends, not during the festival, they have nightclubs. Uh, so it's a big, massive space, very industrial looking inside. Um, it could seat about 150 people and uh, the chairs were metal. The sound system was like a nightclub sound system. So there was a lot of bass, a lot of... So when you were talking, it was all bass. Yeah, it was, was, it, 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 was, was all, all, it was all like, like this, it was, already bassy like that. That was exactly what it sounded like. Mm. And uh, put that across, a, it, that sounded all right in... In, in my ears but in, when, you pres- when you have a sound system that's like that the time sl- it just wasn't conducive to, to comedy so the first issue was the venue and uh, the time that we had but uh, for me they're all kind of excuses I think anyone can if you're good enough you can you can turn a situation into what it is you can talk about how awful the venue is yeah. and actually make people laugh so I've, I, I hate using the excuse that it's the audience's fault um uh, and uh, and that's why it didn't go so well. In my opinion, it's just that we weren't good enough with the space and uh, the the time and the audience to be able to. We're not at that level yet where we're able to take those and turn it around. So you felt actually that you know, as you said, all, all the other factors like the venue and the microphone and and stuff like that and the time slot. But the main thing for you was that you felt that you have a lot of work to do in order to learn how to be funny, right? So it was a personal uh, yeah. realisation that, like, oh my God, we or I am uh, just not good enough at this yet to, to exactly. yeah, not ready to sort of be professional at it and so on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's good. Uh, the, I sent you a couple of texts during the festival saying it's going it's horrible and uh, to, to cheer me up you'd sent me a couple of comments from your listeners who were like oh Paul's very funny yeah. uh, from, from some of the episodes so that kind of made me go uh, I, I, maybe I've got something but I still haven't fi- <laughs> I still haven't figured it out how- I probably should have figured this out before quitting my job uh, and now not having any money to be honest um, it's hard to go up on stage uh, at 3pm on a Tuesday afternoon in front of about 12 uh, slightly drunk Scottish people, yeah. Well, and, actually, and make them laugh. You know? it, it, the, the, the the funnest gig that I did uh, while I was there, we um, we hired a flyer girl, a girl that was helping us out. She was about sixteen or seventeen, and she helped us out with flyering. So we paid what's, her. What's flyering? Flyering is when you hand out little um, posters, I guess, of your show. Uh, if you go, um, I'm trying to think of where else people where people might have seen flyers like in a bar or something you'll see like a postcard sized thing and it's basically your show Mm. and uh, before the show we would go out on the streets of Edinburgh like every other person and hand out a flyer uh, Mm. and say please come to our show it's comedy from Paris it's a free show from Paris free comedy from Paris Paris why don't you come to what were people thinking when you said that it was a show from Paris were they thinking oh so it's all French people I don't know I wasn't in their minds baguettes and 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 stuff that was the selling point because as soon as I said free because there's about a hundred there's one street in Edinburgh called the Royal Mile yeah. where basically everyone who has a show goes out there 
and hands out flyers to tourists. And uh, it's a big, it's crazy. It's 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 really great atmosphere. But there's so many people saying free show, free comedy, comedy mm. this, comedy that. We had to, I had to find something like a tagline. So I'd just say free comedy show from Paris. And as soon as the word Paris came out, people would go, oh, oh, oh. and they take a flyer. Uh, yeah, and then like they Paris, quite like the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Mm. And if they'd stop, I'd go, oh, this is just mainly cheesy jokes, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> cheesy jokes. Did you get that? Mainly cheesy jokes, because Paris is obviously famous for its cheese. So, but that was also maybe one of the issues. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we had a, 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 a good concept for a show. The show was called French Fried, and it was comedians who live in Paris coming to Edinburgh uh, to make people laugh. But uh, as the show turned out, uh, a lot of us actually didn't live in Paris. Some, we had some guests from the US who were very funny. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, just, it was just a complete mixture of things of why it just didn't go very well. Now, um, right. So this is not just um, Paul's chance of complaining about why he's, he had a bad time <laughs> in Edinburgh. This is not what this is about. Uh, um, what I would like to do in this episode is Make a comparison between the the uh, process of learning uh, how to do comedy and the process of learning a language, all right? Mm. Um, so basically, the, the idea is that learning comedy is like learning a language. And we're going to make, we're going to see some parallels between the learning of comedy and the learning of, of, of a language, okay? Mm. Now, Paul, in terms of your language background, obviously you're, you're, uh, you're from the UK and you speak British English, but you do speak other languages too, don't you? What, what, tell me a little bit about the other languages that you speak. Yeah, so I guess a, a quick introduction to my language abilities, uh, I guess you would say. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I'm obviously English, uh, but I spent... Um, <clears throat> About half my life living in a French-speaking country, so France and also Montreal, uh, and so my French is pretty good. And I also spent some time living in in Madrid, in Spain, and I studied languages at university. So I'd say I'm 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 very fluent in French, and my Spanish is fluent enough to um, to talk to people. Uh, but it's not um, it's not that amazing. Can you give us a little example of some French and maybe some Spanish? Uh, yeah, if French, you want to. French, French first. Uh, bonjour, je m'appelle Paul. Je suis anglais, mais j'habite en, en, en France depuis six ans. Uh, mais j'ai grandi en France quand j'étais tout petit aussi. Okay. Uh, hello, my name's Paul. And you said your age, and you said how long you've been I didn't say my age. Didn't you? No, I said, uh, what did I, I don't even remember what I said now. Uh, my name's Paul. J'habite uh, à Paris. Uh, yeah, I, I, lived, I live in Paris. Uh, and I, since, since six years ago. See, that's since, me since, <laughs> since six years is obviously a so bit of a, a, translate. a translation error. So you can't say I live in Paris since six years. It's, I've been living in Paris for six, for six, six years. years. Okay. But I also grew up in France. Yeah. Uh, and then I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. But no, it's, that's it, my French. It, it, French. The French is really, really good. And the Spanish as well. Can you say the same thing in <clears> Spanish? <throat> Uh, I'll try. Uh, pues hola, me llamo Paul, soy inglés, pero vivo en Francia desde hace seis años y por eso hablo francés y también estudié el español durante la universidad y viví en Madrid durante dos años también. Wow, right? Right, listeners? Pow. I hate showing off, but that sounded very showy. It, off it, no, anyway. it, do, it does sound really good, Paul. It does. Um, but I think it might help in terms of some of the uh, similarities between my experience in learning those languages and trying this new comedy thing uh, and trying to be mm. funny. Mm. So, so we're, we're talking about learning how to do something, right? Learning how to do something. Yeah. Learning how to do something. So in this case, learning how to do comedy, but also 
the, equally uh, the the similarity between that and learning how to le- uh, learn a language. Yep. I think you get the idea, listeners, right? Okay. So um, we, we just made a few notes before starting the recording, and I think we're just going to go through some of these sort of conclusions that we came to mm. about the similarities between, between learning these two things. Um, so one thing that I thought of at the beginning was uh, it's not about it's not what you know, it's what you can do, right? It's not what you know, it's what you can do. So uh, let's see, in terms of learning a language, um, I believe that um, to be good at English or any other language, it, you need to be able to do it. So you need to be actually, actually uh, use the language and you know, uh, do functional things, uh, communicate, basically speak and achieve communicative um, uh, uh, achievements, which you're not, which I'm, which you're not which doing I'm currently right <laughs> failing to do, even in my first language. But it's about achieving uh, communicative acts uh, successfully, right? Yeah. Achieving communicative acts. Um, it just is about using language to do things. That's it's about doing about. it rather yeah. than learning. So, the, the, yeah, I think you can learn. You can know the grammar, you can know the vocab, you can read as much as you want and you can listen to as much TV and film as you want. But unless you can actually speak it yourself or write it yourself and actually do it and get in the situation. And have successful communication. Yeah, that's what language is. Language is, was created to be able to communicate with people. Mm. And I don't like people who are, who are always like, oh, my language is chain- changing. Like the French complain a lot. There's a lot of anglicisms right. or English words in French and, and similar the, other things. The English complain a lot about uh, English changing because of American influence and yeah, stuff too. Yeah, it, listen, it, if, if, you're, if you can communicate, that's all that matters. That's, that's my opinion. So anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's one thing to learn and know the thing theory of language but to be able to actually practice it you know I, I've met a, a lot of French people who uh, struggle speaking English but they understand a lot I think that's the, the general thing like they're used to watching mm. films TV shows reading whatever but then they when they come out and try and speak French uh, sorry English uh, sometimes they're like oh I, I, I'm not used to doing this like I, I don't speak very often I, I so I understand better than I can speak but I think that's a general I think a lot of people understand a language more than they can speak it yeah I think probably um you know, the um, receptive part of it is easier than the productive mm. part. But I have experience of meeting learners of English who are very good at doing uh, exercises on paper. Mm. Uh, they can do all the grammar exercises on paper and all that stuff. Um, and yet they're, they're sort of frustrated. And and that's because it's not all about being able to do exercises on paper. It's it's one thing knowing all the grammar, but it's really what you need to focus on is actually using mm-hmm. English to do things. So that means don't just you know do grammar exercises and learn the grammar, but you've got to like push yourself to actually get out there and open your mouth and engage in in conversations with people and don't be shy. Give it a try and all that kind of thing. So it's about yeah. doing things. It's not about knowing things. Yeah. And is that is that the same thing in comedy? Yeah, I think so. I, for me, you. You can watch as much stand-up comedy uh, as you want, and if we stick to stand-up comedy as the version, because there's obviously, you know, uh, the the analogy maybe doesn't fit to people who are just write like comedy writers. But if you're if you're if you want if you're wanting to do stand-up comedy, you can watch as much stand-up comedy from other people as possible. You can listen to it. You can maybe know the inside uh, uh, techniques of how to write a joke, and maybe you can write a great joke. Mm. But it's all about using it on a stage in front of people mm. uh, and some people who I know who are great joke writers are maybe not necessarily as comfortable on stage and therefore uh, are not as funny as, as 
as we think they are, even though they're actually pretty funny at writing stuff down. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the advantage of comedy, obviously, is that you can make a career in just writing comedy and not actually performing it. But if mm-hmm. we're sticking to performing it, uh, you need to be able to perform it and make people laugh as well as know the, 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 the theory of comedy and right. how jokes work. Right, okay. Okay, then. Now, an- another point that you made was this one about surrounding yourself with better people. Mm. Tell me about how surrounding yourself with better people is important for comedy first. Yeah, so... Uh, I think it's it, similar to everything in life. You know, I went, I went to Edinburgh. I went to Edinburgh thinking that I was not bad. I thought I was funny. Uh, and being in this bubble in Paris of comedy, uh, I thought, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. I can make people laugh on a regular basis. I'm pretty good. And then I showed up in Edinburgh and realised that I wasn't funny at all uh, for the audience that I was uh, performing with. And so... The the one of my friends who came to watch the show, he said, what you need to do is surround yourself with people who are much better than you. You need to be the worst one there so that you can learn from what they're doing. You won't learn anything by being the best um, mm-hmm. that's there because if you're playing, it's the same with sport. If you're, if you're trying to be a tennis player and you're surrounding yourself, you're always playing against opponents who are, who are not as good as you. Uh, you don't necessarily learn anything. You don't get any better. So you have to play with people that are better than you mm. um, and, and basically surround yourself with people who are better at you. So I think uh, that's mm. similar to language learning. And what I found is that, yeah, you can be the best in your class at learning English or French or Spanish. Uh, but until you then go to an English or French or Spanish speaking country, you realize that actually your level isn't that great. Uh, but you have to you have to be in that scenario to learn from mm. the native speakers all the time instead of just surrounding yourself with other non-native speakers. I know a lot of you know non-native English speakers that hang around with other non-native English speakers, and they all understand each other really well. Mm. But then, as soon as they speak to a native English speaker or a native speaker speaks to them, then they, there's a bit more uh, difficulty. Mm. So, surrounding yourself with the top level uh, for me was uh, uh, was. Uh, not realization. I kind of knew it, but it was. It's a, a good reminder that being in Edinburgh, I was surrounded by the best people in the business in Edinburgh from all over the world who were extremely funny, and it was uh, it was it was good being one of the unfunniest people there. But f- what's interesting is that the experience that you went through in Edinburgh, surrounded by not in your show, but like in other shows that you saw, surrounded by some of the funniest people in the world, mm. the experience was tough it was it was actually a bad experience for you it was that it was really horrible because you found that you were constantly coming up against resistance all the time mm-hmm. thinking you weren't funny and and so on because you suddenly realized what what um the standard was and it was much higher than you yep. so the point is that again in a language learning situation you might if you do spend time with native speakers or if you do listen to things that are a little bit difficult to understand or you read things that are difficult to understand you might think oh my god i'm terrible my english is bad and i'm not you know i'm not confident anymore but actually it is in that moment of resistance and that moment of difficulty mm-hmm. where your brain is is learning and you're, 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 you're experiencing a sort of cognitive dissonance, you know, confusion and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is your brain categorizing and working hard to fix things. And subconsciously, 
I'm sure that, for example, coming after... You haven't done a gig in France since you came back from Edinburgh, but no. I'm sure that you'll come back sort of trained and fit. It's like going to the gym. It's like a Rocky movie. Rocky, when he prepares for a fight, he does all these really tough exercises and it's really brutal and tough and he runs up the steps and he's sweating and it's hard. But ultimately, when he gets into the boxing ring, mm-hmm. um, he's prepared. And that's where the, the proof... You know, the proof is in the is in the pudding. Yeah. You know? Fixed expression. Pow. There you go. So um, um so Yeah, and I, I But I my my point is that like um uh, you should push yourself into difficult situations. You should be prepared to listen to things that are a bit tough. And if it's a little bit tricky, then that's all right. You it's, know, that's you, part you, of the learning process. You, when I used to deliver training at Apple uh, one of the things we always used to say was in order to learn, you need to be out of your comfort zone. You cannot learn anything by being in your comfort zone. Uh, so you need to jump out of that uh, in order for it. And it's difficult. It, it is difficult and it can be very demoralizing, which it was um, in Edinburgh. Uh, I, I just felt like I wanted to come home after the second day. And I just had to, I just had to do it. And, and hopefully now, like when I look back on it now, it's a, it's a lot less difficult or it seems like it wasn't as bad as it was, but in the moment I hated it. And it reminds me of going back to what you were saying about coming back to Paris and doing another gig here. Mm. Maybe I'll be better. Uh, it reminds me of when I, when I was learning Spanish at university, uh, I was uh, uh, obviously in a class at university and, you know, the Spanish, everyone's level was, was okay and, and, and that was great. And the, the first summer, I actually went to Spain with a friend of mine to try and get a job for the summer um, to improve my Spanish. And I got a job uh, at a supermarket on a beach and I spoke Spanish for a month, basically nonstop. I didn't realize I was getting better. But then when I came back after that and I started university again for the second year, I realized how much better my Spanish was mm-hmm. as a result of, of, of doing that. But I didn't realize in the moment that I was learning anything. And I think similar thing with, with Edinburgh. At the time, I didn't think I was really learning anything. I knew that potentially when I go back to Paris, I would learn something and subconsciously things would have happened. But it's still yet to be uh, evident. Proven. Yeah. Mm, interesting, though. So the point is, when you're really learning, it just feels difficult. But then later on, um, it pays off. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. Um, so what else? Uh, throw yourself in at the deep end. There's a phrase of one of those fixed expressions that we've had on the podcast. Um, anyway, throw yourself in at the deep end. That's just basically instead of like gradually take, see there are the thing about learning languages is there are different theories. For example, um, just going back to that point about it feeling difficult and there has to be a sense of it being difficult and so on. That's the best way to to improve. There is an, another theory which sort of contradicts that and that's the idea that, you know, people have to be in comfort and it has to be pleasant and they have to be feel, feel like they're in a safe zone when they're learning English because mm. there's this thing called the affective filter, which is the idea that if you're stressed or if you feel uncomfortable and nervous, then you don't learn. But I think actually it's possible to be sort of comfortable um, and yet still finding it difficult, you know? So I suppose the two things um, are not mutually exclusive, you know, being sort of um, uh, relaxed um, and yet finding it difficult. That's the, mm. that's the key thing, I think, that you're, um, you know, in a challenging situation, but you, you're not in- inhibited by it. You know what mm. I mean? Like you were on, on stage, I'm imagining you on stage with a difficult audience, and you're not inhibited, you're not unable to actually do anything it you're 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 fluid you're actually doing things but 
you're not necessarily getting all the success that you want. So yeah. you're still lucid, you're still thinking, and you're still able to to put your thoughts together and produce sentences and and all that sort of thing. But the the, the difficulty is that the results are not coming. You see the difference? Yeah, it's it, yeah. it's maybe being comfortable, being uncomfortable, or just being comfortable with the with the challenge. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. So throwing yourself in at the deep end is that idea of instead of like tentatively dipping your toe in at the start and taking lots of time, uh, you know, uh, instead you just leap at the challenge in a in a mm. confident way, and then you dive into the water and and you have to struggle very hard, uh, but you learn more quickly in yeah. those circumstances. I agree. Mm, okay. I, yeah, I think tons of people have said, "Oh, how how have you learned those languages?" And it's it's by being either in those countries or in a relationship with somebody from those countries or that you're constantly practicing that with people from those you can't you can't learn another, you can't learn another language uh, you know to to like fluency level in my opinion by just sitting at home and um like being on Rosetta Stone or any sort of learning you have to practice it you have to throw yourself in the deep end go on a trip to whichever country it is that you're learning or, or, or a country that speaks that language and not surrounding yourself by other people. Like, you have to surround yourself by local people. Mm, okay. Depends to what level you want to learn English. What do you think about Luke's English podcast? I think it's a great of... way uh, because you get to... <laughs> He's not just saying that. I think he actually believes that. Yeah, I hope no, I, so. I think, you know, that's the thing. Like, I think the, the uh, my theory of why French people don't speak with a good accent... Yeah. Um... Well, no, you know, you know, not many French people are listening to this. By the way, everyone listening to this, if you are French, then leave a comment because I never hear from from French people. Or rarely, I've got a couple of listeners. To be honest, I do have a couple. They don't care. But they don't care, really. <laughs> no, I've got no, a couple no, of French. Do, but... <laughs> I do have a couple of French people who regularly comment and stuff like that. But really, the the um, the vast majority of my listeners are not French. I mean, that's not just because m- there are more. There are more non-French people in the world than not. But you know what I mean? Like, I get plenty from Spain and neighbouring countries, but for some reason in France, they're not, they're not interested. Yeah. I don't, Listening... Li- pod, li- podcasts aren't the big thing in France. They don't do podcasts, really. Uh, no one cares. Um, it's, yeah, listening... So this podcast is great for, for the listening aspect, but you're not going to fully learn English by just listening to this podcast. Yeah. You have to go to England or America or somewhere mm. or be with Americans or English people or Australians or whoever and speak with them. Um, it's If you want to be fluent, again, it depends what your goal is. If your goal is to just learn enough to get by, then that's a different story. But if you want... Uh, the question I've had from people is how have you managed to get fluent in other languages and it's only by throwing myself in the deep end and if I go to Spain, not surround myself with English people. Uh, which is very easy to do. Or if you move to another country, uh, it's very easy to join the expat network in that country and then be, oh, we're part of the expat group. So you're surrounding yourself with non-native speakers of that language when really what you should be doing is immersing yourself at the deep end. And it's difficult to start with, but it pays off. Um, It always pays off. I think a lot of this, a lot of the things that stop people from doing these things is... um, there's the sense of it being a risk or that people are not confident enough. That's what I often hear that. Mm. I'm not confident enough. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like stand-up. It's like stand-up comedy. mm. People people who've been like, oh, I want to try it, I want to try it. The thing, they're not confident enough to maybe get on stage, but again, throwing yourself at the deep end and doing... 
you know, gigs that you that are going to push yourself. If somebody says, hey, would you like to do half an hour on stage and you've only ever done five minutes, then yeah, do it, do it. Put yourself, mm. make yourself uncomfortable because you'll realize things that you won't have realized um, by just keep doing, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's very similar. To an extent, I think that you can kind of get confidence by just, um, just doing it. I mean, um, confidence is not necessarily some sort of magical... Uh, essence that you have to find somewhere but we've all got it in ourselves you can you can just be confident if you just decide right well to hell with being embarrassed and I don't care if I fail I'm just going to do it anyway because it's the best way Uh, if you realize that just sort of throwing yourself into situations and uh, forcing yourself pushing yourself to do it that's where confidence comes from really mm. so it's not something that. that you can just take from someone or someone can give you you can just you have to just kind of make yourself mm. do it um being english yeah i think we have a lot of it I mean, don't you think so i'm i am the most unconfident i'm not the most unconfident person but i am there's certain things that, that annoy me about myself that i'm not comfort confident enough to do but like, but people paul would look at you and say well you, clearly you are confident because first of all you're going up on stage <laughs> and and that's a very brave thing to do this is what many people say yeah, like it's yeah. oh, you know people when they if they see me do stand-up or if they find out that I do comedy, they go, oh, wow, you must be so brave to, to do that. I really admire your confidence. That's what they say when, yeah. when you're not funny. Well, that's a, <laughs> they, say, the they say, oh, God, you're so, you're so brave, aren't you, to go up on stage? Um, What's brave? Here's, here's, the, here's the difference, and I've figured it out. So, wait a minute. Sorry. But um, So, people would say that you were confident. Also, you know, the fact that you've learnt languages and things, obviously, yeah. by throwing yourself in at the deep end. So, people would say that you are confident. But why do you say that you feel that you're not confident? Where, where it's Specifically, where are the areas that you feel unconfident? Um, uh, it's it's usually related to uh, potential situations where I might embarrass myself. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example, um, a, a, a full-on example of... Uh, so last year, I started making uh, some YouTube videos called Taylor's Top Tips. Yep. Um, and there were 15-second videos. I've stopped doing them for now, but I might bring them back, whatever. The, 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 there's times of those videos is one specific one that I can talk about, which was, um, when I was in Spain, I wanted to do a Taylor's top tip on, uh, how to be the most hated person in Barcelona, basically. Mm. And the, the sketch was the 15 second sketch was me work uh, wearing a Real Madrid t-shirt, which is a football team, which isn't in Barcelona. And they had just beaten Barcelona. And the, the thing was me walking into like a busy thing. And a busy, it's like a busy public square. In Barcelona. The, the biggest public square in Barcelona. The biggest public square in Barcelona. And Paul. shouting, ole, 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 Madrid. And just like, but here's the thing. I didn't do that. I went out and I whispered it. I whispered it. Really? And then I dubbed it over because I didn't, I, I couldn't bring myself to make myself look like an idiot. No, that's probably quite a good idea, Paul, because you may have been assaulted. I, potentially, you- but there's, there's a couple of those videos where I haven't, done the thing in public like I should have uh-huh. um, and that's I, I lack a lot of confidence in, in real life uh, the, where the, what I've figured out is when people have said to me yeah but you're really confident you go on stage or you're, you're uh, not shy you know you go on stage and, and your previous job you used to stand in front of hundreds of people and deliver presentations mm-hmm. I think I've figured out the difference is when it's when it's the expected thing for me to get on a stage and make people laugh, I'm fine with that. It's when it's not an expected thing. Uh, so at house party, it's not expected for me to be the funniest person or for me to get up and 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 
you know, deliver a monologue or something. And I, at house parties, I can't, I'm very unsociable and I'm very shy. Um, and mm. I think it, the same thing with language is if you're in a group of native English speakers and they're all speaking and they're all talking amongst themselves um, and you're the only non-native English speaker, you don't, you don't want to speak. You just want to listen. You, don't, you just want to listen. Right. And I would do that for Spanish and French. And, yeah, I do that all um, the time. And I just didn't speak. And it was only when it was forced on me to speak, like when I started working in France and I had to speak to French customers that I actually did that. And so I think, you know, confidence has many aspects and, and uh, I'd consider myself not very confident in a lot of aspects. But in, that, in those situations, Paul, where you feel unconfident, what is it that is, uh, you know... What's, what, it, what's what, holding what, me back? What, no, what's the, what's the thing that... Hmm. And what I'm saying is, where does confidence come from? So you, f- you don't feel confident in some situations and yet, don't you do it anyway? No. No, no. There's some again. If it's if it's the expected result, if it, if people are on a state, if I know, yeah, I know, I know what you're mean? saying. Yeah, because I, I do the same thing. Like um, I will, if I'm in a, a, a gathering of people, um, I'm yeah. I if it's a comedy gig and I've got five minutes on stage, then I will go up there and I'll be myself. And mm-hmm. because I've got, it's ex- I'm expected to to be trying to make people laugh, yeah. and all of that humour is is part of the. Um, uh, oh, I'm, I'm very inarticulate it's, it, today. But like, so the videos, I'll do my videos as an example. Yeah. Because I was on my own and I had my GoPro camera and it was me on my own. I couldn't bring myself to to make an idiot of myself out in the street. Mm. Even though it had been lasted 15 seconds and no one cares afterwards, no one will see me. There's something in me that stops me doing that. However, if I'd have been with a film crew with a big camera and a big boom microphone, I'd have been absolutely fine doing it because people see the cameras and they go... They're expect okay. He's doing something. Weird. He's not just a crazy person. So I think it, for me, the, the the lack of confidence comes from me not wanting to be judged by other people um, in a negative way in public. Again, on stage, it's expected. I get on stage, and if I yeah. make a fool of myself, but even on stage, I'm comfortable talking on stage to people. But I'm not comfortable enough yet to make an idiot of myself on stage by doing crazy accents or crazy. Yeah. And 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 some of my comedy. Uh, uh, it detracts from a lot of the the things that I'm talking about because sometimes I have to be in performance mode and I have to do that, but I just can't do it. I don't know. It's just it's the you know um, I think we know now that people's biggest fear is to be judged publicly. Mm-hmm. Like public speaking is often the thing that people put on their biggest yep. list of fears. It comes in some cases. It comes before death. People are more scared of um, being judged in public than they are of their, you know, of, of death even mm. it's, you know, it commonly com- comes at the top of those kinds of surveys. Um, so, um, it's, I guess the, the point is it's very normal to feel unconfident, um, in, in those sorts of situations mm. where you risk making a fool of yourself. Everyone feels like that. Absolutely everyone in the world. It's the most human thing in the world to feel like that. And uh, what happens is that you get more results and you get more returns on on risks when you, when you know that and you do it anyway. Mm. Like... Um, <sighs> well, so, so something that's helped me is sometimes almost becoming a different person. Um, yeah. Like you... you, you you, you, you play a character in your head. You go, okay, cool. I have to 
speak Spanish now amongst these Spanish people because otherwise it's it's not going to be it's not going to be useful for me. And then I kind of become a different person. And I, I, I I've heard mm. that from people when I speak a different language that they think that I'm a different person, or not that they think I'm the same person, obviously. But it's a kind of part of my character that's different. And I think comedy is very similar to that in the sense that when you go on stage for stand-up comedy, usually you're yourself, but you're an exaggerated version or an exaggerated part of yourself um, for the audience than you are uh, off stage. And I think when you speak your native language, you're a slightly different person than when you speak a, a second language. I think that is something that scares people sometimes. Mm. I've found that to be a bit weird and a bit scary, that I find that when I speak French... Now, I'm an example, to be honest, Paul, of... Um, uh, like a bad language learner. And, and I'm ashamed. I'm very ashamed to admit it, but it's true. And I'm one of these yeah, people... Been in two years? Because I, I know that, for example, it's not what you know, it's what you can do. Mm. And I'm an example of that because um, I know a hell of a lot about um, the right way to learn a language. I know what we call metacognitive strategies for language learning. I know because I've, I'm a professional... Uh, teacher of English. I, you know, I'm someone who's got lots of ideas on how to learn a language. <laughs> I know all of these things. But you don't but do I it yourself. But I don't do it. And <laughs> you I, don't practice what you yeah, preach. Like I said, I've said in my comedy before that my French is, is not very good. Uh, my French is quite poor. But my excuses are improving all the time. Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> so uh, my, uh. my excuses are, are, are excellent. I'm fluent in excuses. Uh, but my French um, is still pretty basic. So, so, yeah. so you know, but all of these things apply to me too. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. You've got to listen to uh, Pierre's French podcast. He, he'll have some good teaching. <laughs> yeah. and, but that, no, it's interesting because I think a there lot... Is, there is in, no such thing as Pierre's French podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> There's a few French podcasts, but I still haven't really found one that really does it for that me. That really does it for you. I tell you what is interesting. I felt exactly the same because I was one of those people up until six months ago that would tell people, follow your dreams. Life's too short. Uh, stop doing this job that you don't like. Uh, specifically to my girlfriend, like she doesn't like the job that she, she doesn't like being in law. Uh, but she was forced to do it. She's a lawyer. Yeah, she was forced to do it at the age of 17 because you have to make a choice in France. And, and so she did that, but she doesn't necessarily like it. Uh, but I'd always be like, well, do something else. You love animals. You love this. Do like Get out of it. Do something. Life's too short. We're all going to die. It's going to be crazy. And I was the first person that didn't follow that because I was in my regular job at Apple right. for such a long time. Uh, that, I, that was when I switched. I was like, all right, I've actually got to start. And I, all my friends back in the UK, I, I'd sent them all these postcards with this like um, manifesto that was like, live your life, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, motivational stuff and I wasn't doing it myself so, so I did it so you decided to start to practice what you preach that's, yeah that's exactly what so, uh, I need to do the same thing Paul you need I, to. I think that this I hope that my listeners are following everything we're saying that this is a little bit of a rambling conversation mm. I mean we are making <laughs> we, are, we do have some uh, conclusions to share if we just summarise you know it's not what you know it's what you can do so it's about the actual practice of doing it in terms of learning a language and doing comedy uh, for example, you can no vote yeah uh, <laughs> surround yourself with better people like you know try to be with native speakers of the language you're trying to learn it might be difficult but that's going to be good for you similarly with comedy surround yourself with people who are funnier than you and you will raise your game 
throw yourself in at the deep end. We've talked about that. Accept that you're going to be a slightly different person. That's what we were talking about. Mm. I find that when I speak French, um, I... I find it weird that I'm not myself. I feel like I'm a different person. I'm not sure I'm ready to be that different person. It's like a really weird sort of impersonal uh, uh, thing that when I start speaking French, then I have to sort of, I don't know, I just feel like I'm going away from who I am. But I, you have to own schizophrenic. That, well, something I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just, it's a I d- weird I, thing. I, I, but my point is that yeah. you have to own uh, that other person do you know what I mean? do you know what i mean that sounds so weird but you have um, to accept that you're going to be a different person in a different language and then once you do that then you start learning a lot quicker yeah. and everything becomes amazing yes yes exactly yeah so even if you feel different when you're speaking english um it's still you it's just a different aspect of you um, you'll start drinking tea you'll start doing things that english people do and you'll be like why am i doing this i don't usually put milk in my tea but now i am you'll 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 become more sarcastic um, and uh, you'll, you know... Uh, you'll apologise a lot more. You'll apologise for no reason. Sorry. Sorry, uh, do you have the time? Why are you apologising at me? Because you're asking me the time. because well, you've just interrupted yeah, me. Yeah, sorry. You? Sorry, no, I don't have the time. Why are you apologising again? <laughs> the, thing, the thing that I, I'm amused by is when I step on your foot on the metro and you apologise to me. So, oh, sorry that you stepped on my foot. Sorry that my foot was there. Yeah, sorry that I interrupted your... Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my joke. It's just, yeah. it's just, sorry uh, for interrupting your foot. <laughs> Didn't realise that you'd booked this area of the floor and that I, I was camped on it. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting your foot. So, um, learn from failure. That's a big one. Oh, mate. Learn from failure. It's a whole podcast on its own. It is, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I'm learning a lot from this episode. <laughs> let's, put it that, let's put it that way. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop doing that noise, all right? That's really annoying. I've stopped doing it now. I'm learning from failure. Mm. Anyway, um, mm. don't, be, don't be afraid to fail. Yeah, because it's the failures that you learn from. Like, for example, in comedy, I find that as a basic rule, as a, as a bit of wisdom, if you go out and you do a really good show and the whole room laughs and it's amazing, you did a really great show and you were really funny, you don't learn from that experience. In fact, that can be quite bad for you because if you get that every time, then you don't push yourself and then you don't improve. You just go all soft because uh, the audience just laugh at everything you do so what you do is you enjoy those days you enjoy those uh, gigs where the audience laughs at everything you say and then when you go out and you make jokes the same jokes that made everyone laugh the night before and they don't make anyone laugh those are the those are the gigs that you learn from so you enjoy the the good gigs and you learn from the bad gigs Uh, and in terms of language well it's obvious isn't it learning from your mistakes yeah i think the the biggest thing is to allow yourself to make mistakes when i was learning languages to start with i again didn't participate in conversations between native speakers in spanish and french because i didn't want to make a mistake in the in the in the the grammar or the vocabulary i understood everything that was happening but i just wouldn't talk because i didn't i was scared of making a mistake and the thing that happens in language learning is uh we shouldn't care because no one else cares. Everyone yeah. knows. Everyone's mm. just so impressed that you're even speaking a second language. Yeah. But the 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 uh, you just that's what you need to let go of. It's really difficult to let go of it because it's the same in comedy. Like once you get, you know, I, I've I've been talking about the same stuff I've been talking about for about two years now, uh, and it's getting it's getting better each time. But um, 
I found it very difficult to just get on stage with new stuff, all brand new stuff, and fall on my face. Um, mm. And I think I should do that uh, because uh, you learn a lot more from your failures, as you say, and that's what you do. The, the, the difficult thing with comedy and language is sometimes you don't know that you failed. So you might contribute nice. to a conversation amongst native speakers and you might make a couple of mistakes in terms of grammar and vocabulary, but naturally those speakers, the native speakers, won't correct you straight away mm. because they're worried that if they correct you then it's it's being insulting so you kind of have to ask the people around you to say hey i'm learning english please correct me every time i'm making a mistake mm. because naturally they won't they won't correct you they'll just find it cute that you're making little mistakes and they'll it will just be part of the way you speak and there's people that i know that have been example in france for 35 years and they still make mistakes but because no one's told them that they've made the mistake yeah um they're still doing it and then when i finally said hey you know that you actually say it like that they go really no, one's, to- no one's told me that for 30 years. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah. So um, from the language learner's point of view, you've got to try and uh, ask for or look for uh, corrections and don't assume that everything's fine because mm. you, you may be making mistakes that you're not aware of. Yeah. So you've got to be prepared to, to you know, be corrected and try and f- invite corrections. Although it's a bit weird if you're with native speakers. You see, like... Um, I think that if there's a bunch of English people in the pub or something and they're hanging out with their uh, friend who is also learning a language, it's going to be weird if that person says, oh, can you correct all my errors? Mm. That People don't necessarily kind want of, to correct yeah. you all the time. So it's a bit tricky, that. Yeah, you kind of have to find the right balance. But the thing is, really, the thing is not to get complacent. Don't assume that everything is perfect. You've, you, you've got to always be ready to learn and and don't take it too badly if you realize that you've made a mistake okay um cheat and cut corners is a note that i wrote here Mm. cheat and cut corners can you really cheat is it is that okay and what do we mean by that yeah i think uh life is a game and uh, you've got to cheat your way through it basically if you follow the rules too much like the english do uh, or the germans then uh, i don't know what i'm talking about no i think you can cheat you can cheat by um what, yeah, what I was referring to was uh, when I was learning languages, I uh, cheated a little bit, and I still do, uh, with the accent. Um, when you're learning a language, the accent, uh, I, I've talked about it, I think, on, on a previous podcast episode, mm-hmm. that if you speak with a, a, an accent that is pretty good, people will automatically think you speak that language better than right. somebody who speaks it with a very strong foreign accent. Right. Um, so, you know, as an example, you know, uh, my Spanish and my French accents are pretty good. Um, in terms of being a, 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 but I don't speak the best Spanish of the people that there's people, there's a friend of mine who speaks much better Spanish than I do grammatically his vocab and everything, but he has a very strong English accent. He, he, he's like, hola, como estas, todo bien. Right. And Spanish people think that I speak better Spanish than he does when in reality on paper, grammatically, he does, he speaks much better Spanish than I do, but, but I'm cheating because of the accent. So... You're saying that improve your accent as a kind of shortcut mm-hmm. to getting good good English. So if you if your accent is good, people are just immediately going to assume that your level of English is good, and yep. therefore their estimation of you will be a bit higher. Mm. So okay. it made me laugh because um, uh, I don't follow football at all. But right. there's a, a football team in the UK called Arsenal, yeah. and the coach is called Arsene Wenger. Well, I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Arsene Wenger, yeah. yeah, and he's French. And he's right. been in the UK at least, what, 25, 30 years? Mm. I don't know how long he's been a manager of Arsenal, but it's a long time. Yeah. 
but he speaks uh, very much uh, like this all the time my players uh, on the field uh, they pass the ball very well like mate how long have you lived in England and your accent is still that but, terrible you know, some people find it very hard to, to drop the, their accent you know it's like really difficult one of the most difficult things for many people to do yeah Tell me about your girlfriend again, because you had a story about her accent. Yeah, she, she's, uh, she's French. She's French, and uh, she speaks French, speaks English with a with a uh, a better accent than the one I just imitated. But when yeah. I imitate her on stage, I imitate her like "Hello, my name is Adeline. Uh, I am from France." Um, you exaggerate her. I, yeah, exaggerate because that's comedy. You've got to exaggerate everything for comedy. Yeah. But anyway, she speaks with a with a better accent than that. But it's still you can still tell she's it's a very pronounced French accent. Mm-hmm. And she's always said to me, oh, you know, I wish I could speak like you. I wish I could speak with a British accent because I think it's very sexy. Blah, blah, blah. I like it. All she's that kind right. Of she's right, of course. Uh, obviously. Um, uh, so, and so, so I said to her, you can, because she's imitated me. Sometimes when she's making fun of me to her friends and she's imitating me, she'd be like, oh, hello, my name is Paul. I'm from England. I'm like, there you go. <laughs> you, you, you sound more English than you just did. And so she almost, I, like, I feel like she has to almost make fun or... Uh, she's like, yeah, but I feel weird because it feels like I'm mocking the accent. And I'm like, yeah, but when you're mocking it, you sound better mm. than you do when you're in your normal accent. So I think uh, one of the ways potentially to, to to get better at an English accent or an American accent is to imitate, you know, TV yeah. personalities. If you want, just uh, here's what I think, listeners, you should do. I think you should send in uh, to Luke a 10 second clip of you imitating Luke mm. on his podcast and uh, and we'll 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 figure out who the best imitator and the best English accent is because uh, I think that's a good way of doing it is imitating the people that you that you listen to uh, in order to get a better accent. So well, I'd actually really like to hear that. Yeah, you should do that, and you can do that, everyone. Um, let's see. How do they how do they send it in? Um, what they should do is um, so I still have an email address which um, I used for a competition on the podcast. Um, last year this time last year and uh, that email uh, email address is podcastcomp at gmail.com so p-o-d-c-a-s-t c-o-m-p so podcastcomp at gmail.com now this is not a competition but uh, I, is. everything like, is a competition really? So the winner will get something the winner will get the their thing played on on the no, podcast no I think I'd like to play all of them. them. That should be a podcast on its own. I it's think just it would be hilarious. Trying. Everyone, please imitate Luke uh, doing his introduction because he normally has uh, pretty good introductions to his podcast. So I think you should send in an introduction and pretending that you're Luke. So episode whatever it is, like you know, you've got to do. Should, should, I, should I start off? Should I? Yeah, do, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll do the first. Uh, I'll do the first imitation. No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I need to, uh, just before we oh, do that... I need to get in the, in the Luke Thompson mode. Uh, hello, yeah. my name. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, me just, uh, let me just sort you out with a jingle as well, because you're going to need the... You're going to need the jingle too, so just put that in there too. You ready? Ready, Paul? I'll try, yeah. <clears throat> All right, hold on. So I'm just going to duck it in. Okay, here we go. So you, oh, I have yeah, to... Okay, it, uh, right? sorry, I thought that you were, I was waiting for... Okay. Oh, no... I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. You can just talk over the top yeah, yeah. of this jingle and then and then do an introduction. Well, what's your normal introduction for the that? The normal one? is the normal one is this. You're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more. do you want to just do you want that? I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna. So this is everyone has to imitate that one phrase at the beginning jingle. You're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Okay. Okay. So what do you want the? You just want the empty jingle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here we go. All right. What's the first? What? The, the, yeah, okay. You're listening to Luke's English. You're listening podcast. to Luke's yeah. English. Okay. For more information. Okay, here we go. 
You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, go to teacherluke.co.uk. And then, what, what? And, then, and then you have to start an episode. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. Uh, today on... <laughs> The, uh, they have to ask everyone how they are. Is that, oh, yeah. How, how are you? How are I you? hope you're fine. Hi, how Obviously, are you? I've got no idea if you are fine. How are you? I know you can't answer that question. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I know you can't answer that question because you're not really here. Are, is anyone here? Is the earth here? I don't know. <laughs> that's, yeah, my, that's, it. that's my attempt at uh, imitating... Could, but then the... you have to try and string that out for about one hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> It's one hour and 20 minutes of nonsense while everyone listening to it thinks, what, what am I actually listening? I thought this was a podcast for people learning English and it's, it's now like a weird f- load of philosophical can't wait, rambling. Can't wait for some people from Spain to be like, hello, my name is Luke Thompson. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> oh, I, Not if they're regular listeners. No, if they're regular listeners, they'll all sound like you. But, yeah. So all of this is to say that in order... To get a good accent, you can imitate the people that you like listening to. That's so the, that's the point. Send your thirty-second uh, audio clip uh, to podcastcomp at gmail dot com. And th- what we want you to do is uh, just do like a, a few seconds of uh, maybe one minute of um, like introduction to the beginning of an episode of Luke's English Podcast. And you have to copy me, okay? So you imagine you have this it's- first. This is where you say hello and welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to Luke's English Podcast. Okay, and then this is where you go, hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. Can you make How that, are you? Can you make that jingle available off your website? Can you um, download that jingle? Yeah, I will. I'll make the jingle available. So that they so can record over the jingle. Go to the page for this episode, you'll be able to download that jingle as an MP3. Uh, if you've got an Apple Macintosh computer, you've, you've already got that jingle in there, just do search for jingles and you'll find it. It's a garage band jingle, f- royalty free. Um, so the, the greater point here is that if you want to uh, improve your accent, you can actually sort of, you can just choose to copy it. But you see, the thing is, um, you do have to uh, be prepared to be yourself. So you can put on a bit of performance, you can act, you can fake uh, an accent a bit, but at the same time, remember to be yourself mm. don't fake it too much because people will sense it and they'll find it una- unattractive you know f- people don't like that kind of fake stuff but um nevertheless i think it's possible to consciously push your accent a bit by trying to copy the accent a little mm. bit um as long as it doesn't get too fake do you know any examples of people who are maybe faking it a bit yeah there's a couple of people um don't name any names i, I won't any names uh, but luke thompson <laughs> he pretends to be English. He's not actually. Luke's yeah. actually Swedish, and he's pretending to teach you English with this great. <laughs> Thing English is that that BBC doesn't work because the the Swedes have all got really good English. It's true. So I could be Swedish, and I look a little bit Swedish. You as could well. be. I'm actually Japanese. Oh yeah, yeah. It's good. Um, I, shall I do a Japanese impression? That could be really racist, couldn't it? Well, it could be, but There's certain ex- certain uh, accents that if we should do the rest of the podcast. You being Japanese, and I'll be Spanish. You are listening to Luke's English podcast. And oh, how are how are you? No, that was I used to that be able was, to do it. Good. No, I used to be able to do Japanese accent much better than I can now. Yeah, well, I am. A, I am a very uh, very. Uh, 
<laughs> happy you. No, fucking, I don't know. Yes, to. of course, we are very happy to be here in Lou's apartment uh, overlooking the Eiffel Tower. It's very good. It's, it's very cloudy day. Uh, but I think uh, Paris is very cloudy most of the time. Mm-hmm. In Madrid, French? In, uh, in France, uh, but in the south of France, uh, the clouds are less. Uh, but in the north, uh, it is more like uh, England. Uh, we, you take our weather and we add five degrees uh, mm-hmm. Celsius to the, to the weather you have in London. Okay, so Russian? Uh, y- yes, in, in Russia, I don't know the weather uh, very well. Uh, I, 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 have, uh, I have information about uh, the culture, the, the, the alcohol, but not the weather. Yeah, because... Uh, very snowy. It snows a lot. That's the stereotype, I would uh, imagine. Yes. I think it's probably nice and sunny in some places. Yeah, maybe, yes. Um, sunny when vodka... Australia? Uh, uh, fucking weather in Australia, mate. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. It's- bloody perfect it's too easy mate it's the weather in Australia if you go to Australia uh, basi- Australia if you go to Australia yeah. basically uh, you've got to hang out at the beach uh, the beach is fantastic uh, go go. So once I went surfing in Australia yeah. in the winter yeah, in mate. the winter on the 4th went of July surfing in the winter 4th amazing, of July mate. 4th of July yeah. but that's, Ameri- that's an American day I know I went with an American surfing for the first time they gave us some pink surfboards What's, what happened to your accent mate don't know, man. Don't know. No can you, idea. Can you do? Can you do the difference between an Australian and a, and a New Zealand? Uh, I can tell the difference when they speak, but Me I, too. I, I can't really do. I can South African. I'm not too bad. I can I can do a bit of the South African accent, but I can't do the Kiwi. The Kiwi, they just eat the vowels. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like they would say, like an, a, 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 if I spoke for long enough, I probably could get a bit of a Kiwi accent. But it's they'll say pin, they'll say pin, pun, pun and uh, jump. Have you got a pun? Fush, fush and chops. Have you got a pun? I, I need a pin to write something down. Oh, you're still yeah. sounding South still, African. It's not very good. Okay, so let's part. wrap this up, Paul. Um, so I have we have just uh, invited listeners to send in their impressions of me. So that's about a minute. You can send it to podcastcomp at gmail.com. Just a minute of you pretending <laughs> to be me. Okay, just to give me an impression of me. Um, and we've just gone through lots of things, all right? So just to sum up some of those things, you've got to try to be confident if you can. Try and push yourself to be confident. That can be difficult but it's a question of not being worried about failing and remember that everyone's worried about failing and um, and, it, and it's a perfectly human thing to do um, you, you can try and push it you can act a little bit put on a bit of a performance that might mean you know uh, doing an impression of an accent but remember to be yourself cheat and cut corners so you know for example use uh, an accent to make yourself sound better even if you don't have perfectly uh, accurate uh, English Um, uh, don't take it too personally you know be ready to take criticism Uh, in fact you may need to look for criticism to push yourself um and learn to learn to learn to learn from failure. Don't be afraid to fail. Uh, accept that you might be a slightly different person in another language, and that's fine. Uh, throw yourself in at the deep end. Surround yourself with better people. It's not what you know; it's what you can do. And um, and that's a selection of things that we've learned. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. If you want to learn English, it's it's not easy. It takes a long time uh, to learn a different language. Uh, similar to comedy, it takes a long time to get actually funny on stage. Um, and uh, yeah, just keep pulling through. And, and when it's demotivating, try and find something uh, that will that will re motivate you. 
uh, like Luke's English podcast. I think any podcast that was interesting. Yeah, pl- what's I, a podcast? I don't know. A podcast is when uh, it's the police version of Luke's English podcast. Yeah. A pl- doesn't matter. <laughs> a plod in English, British yes. is a, a whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it's a nickname. For you just need to stay motivated plod. and keep trying, keep keep pulling through because that's yeah. the most important thing. And one day, uh, one day you'll get there, and one day you'll be really proud of all the work that you've done. And in the end, you know, if you've had a bad day, if you feel like you know your English isn't improving, just listen to Luke's English podcast. We're here to make you feel better. That's the idea, anyway, isn't it? Um, thanks very much for listening to another episode, and uh, don't forget to visit the page for this one where you'll find for example that jingle that you can download if you want to uh, but that is basically it for this one thanks very much for joining me Paul merci beaucoup à la prochaine um, see you soon yep indeed alright thanks ladies and gentlemen speak to you again soon but for now it's time to say goodbye bye 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 bye, bye. thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk Hello everyone, this is Luke speaking and this is just an extra bit of content at the end of this one. Uh, I just wanted to say nice one for listening all the way to the end of the episode. Well done. Uh, You're a super extra, super duper brilliant special ninja listener from space. Uh, Good for you. That's a good thing, by the way, if you were wondering. Uh, I consider that to be a, a, a plus point. So well done for listening all the way to the end of this episode. And uh, as a way of sort of rewarding you, and I hope that you do consider it to be a reward, I'm going to now play you some more outtakes. Um, I've played you some outtakes before, I believe. So it's basically the same thing. Sometimes recording episodes of the podcast is a bit complicated for me. Um, and uh, I'd like to share those moments with you. Um, so here are a few more outtakes from this episode. So I know it sounds like I just pressed the record button and the whole thing came out easily. Well, in fact, often what happens is I start recording and I'm not happy. And if I'm not happy in the first minute, then I have to start again. And so uh, that can mean that I have lots of sort of mistakes and uh, rejected portions of episodes on my uh memory card. So I'm now going to play some of those to you because they're quite enjoyable, really. There's even one bit in this episode. I I spoke to Paul for about 10 minutes, but uh, I just felt like we were rambling and I wanted this episode to really get down to the point. Um, So um, I rejected 10 minutes and we talked for 10 minutes and I rejected that. And then another one, we talked for about five minutes and I rejected that. So you're going to get something in the region of about 20 minutes of outtakes, I think now. So um, I thought they were worth playing to you. I hope you enjoy them. All right. Thanks for listening. Here are your outtakes from this episode. Wait a minute. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Oh, f- Hello, everyone. Luke's English podcast is free, but uh, you can support. No. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of this uh, award-winning podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> Hello everyone out there in podcast land. It's time for another episode of the podcast and you'll be uh, glad to know, I hope, that Paul Taylor is in the room with me. Hi everyone. How are you, Paul? I'm doing all right. I'm glad to be back. You've got a message. Uh, Everything's good. Something binged. Something went bing. Did you hear that, everyone? Bing, bing. They might not have heard it. They might not have heard it. Probably not. Well, now they... (laughs) (laughs) Can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like the other day when you were doing a podcast about oh you might hear my cof- coffee machine in the background didn't hear it no. I was disappointed I was, I was looking forward to hearing brrrr, but nothing because I ran away too quickly see what's happened is that um, 
recently I've been using much better quality equipment to record the podcast. <laughs> so you see. don't need to run away. Years ago, what would have happened is any tiny little noise in the in the flat kind of was suddenly much more obvious. So that's when I was using other types of microphone. But nowadays I use microphones that you don't pick up on all those extra noises. So that constantly happens. I say, oh, you can probably hear my washing machine or you can hear the rain in the background or you can hear my mobile phone making noises and I listen back to the podcast and you can't hear anything. We probably won't be able to hear the, the bing, but the phone did go bing, bing. The, and the reason you've got good quality microphones is because people have donated money to your podcast. Yes, so that, uh, feel free to click on the uh, on the button, wherever it is on your website, uh, and give some money to Luke because he's a very good English teacher. Oh, thanks very much, Paul. I appreciate you saying that. It's true, well... Not necessarily the bit about me being English, a great English teacher, although obviously that is true. Uh, it's undisputably true. You've got awards proving so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> no, it's true that the, the money which is donated to me um, does go back into the podcast and I use it to buy things like, you know, other things like new microphones, which allow me to provide this uh, service at a slightly better quality. Um, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it's interesting enough. I don't know. Okay, well... You're the boss. I, I had a comment on my website um, recently from someone saying, I would love to know. I, d- I don't know if this is how he spoke. Um, don't know where this person was from. But anyway, I'm going to give this person this kind of voice. Hello, Luke. I would love to know about uh, the technical equipment that you utilise in order to record episodes of your podcast. Now, I'm using that voice not to sort of mock the person who who uh, wrote in with a comment, because it's a perfectly reasonable comment. I'm just using that voice just because I enjoy using that voice. Yeah. Okay, any opportunity... Um, yes, I'd like a detailed description of <laughs> of all of the uh, microphones and recording equipment that you use to produce your wonderful podcast. That voice sounds like it should know more about the microphones than you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm, a I'm, bit of a geeky underground gremlin voice. I take a particular interest in all things technical. And uh, <laughs> I've been in prison for the last 27 years, and I'm, I'm very keen to know how things have progressed in the, the world of uh, audiovisual recording techniques. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Basically, a couple of microphones, laptop, mixing desk, and that's about it. Yeah, you just what you do, you get your microphone, you plug it into what's known as a mixing desk. The mixing desk is then plugged into a recording device... Then you what you you have to do with that you put batteries in it you got to use batteries there's no point doing it without batteries <laughs> and then uh, you press record and uh, you end up with you know a, a recording and that's basically how it works obviously it's more complicated than that I really don't know what I'm talking about <laughs> and in fact I'm very tempted Paul to start, <laughs> start again, again. <laughs> start. what do you think I think we probably can because we've already wasted five minutes that's <laughs> and my zip's open look at that. <laughs> And your zip is open, and we've just wasted five minutes. Uh, welcome to my podcast, Paul. This is what always happens here. Yeah, especially I, when I'm on. We, we, we ramble end up, on about we end, up, <laughs> we end up doing about ten takes of the intro. Not just when you're on, Paul. I mean, it's, it happens all the time. This MP3 recorder here that I use, my audio recorder, it's almost full. A, I've got a 16 gigabyte memory card in there, and it's almost full now. And it's not full of episodes. It's, it's full, full of, of me going, welcome shit. to... Uh, oh, Fuck! Welcome to our oh, bollocks. Now I've got to do it again. All right, let's start again. Yeah, well, let's start again then. This I, I might publish this as an outtake at some point, but no, we're going to start again. All right, bye. All right then.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? <laughs> no. Hello, everyone. Thanks for choosing to listen to this podcast. You chose wisely. This is Luke's English podcast, as you know. No. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Luke's English podcast, uh, which is a podcast that you can listen to if you want to improve your English. That's the, the main aim. Um, now, I'm sitting here uh, in the room where I... Oh, <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Luke's English podcast. Uh, if you're a new listener to the podcast, then welcome to the show. And I hope that uh, you continue to listen and that it helps you to improve your English a lot. Uh, if you're a, a sort of long-term listener, then welcome back. And... Um, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. Now, sitting next to me in this episode, I have Paul Taylor again. Hello, Paul. Hi. Hi, everyone. Uh, how are you, Paul? Every time I say hi, it's a we- it's. I don't know why I have to do that. I can't just say hi. Hi, like yeah, that. Yeah, whatever. It's not the normal way that you it's say not, hi. You don't. I mean, sometimes it is. Sometimes you say bye like that. You go bye. bye. Yeah, but anyway. not hi. <laughs> when I normally see you, Paul, what's the normal way that that? we greet each other all right mate all right all right all right mate all right mate yeah so let's start again shall we hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to luke's english podcast sitting next to me is uh, paul taylor who you might know from previous episodes of this podcast all right mate hello uh, hello what? <laughs> that? that's like the textbook version of, of how you introduce yourself hello my name is paul taylor hello i'm english i am i don't know how old you are i am younger than luke it's uh, America. <laughs> good morning. It was a good morning until you opened your mouth. Uh, oh, all right. Okay. Uh, I don't know. All right. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. This is Paul Taylor here. Uh, Luke is unable to record a proper intro to his own podcast, and uh, this is about the 10th time that we're going for it. So uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I am back uh, from uh, uh, an Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It's this bollocks. <laughs> It's more difficult than you think, isn't it? It is. It's quite difficult, actually. All right, let's try again. Hello and welcome to Luke's English Podcast, uh, live from Paris. Uh, welcome to the show. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome, welcome. For those of you who are uh, regular listeners, uh, then uh, welcome back. It's, uh, it's great to, to have you on. Uh, my name's Paul Taylor, and uh, I've decided to commandeer the introduction to Luke's English Podcast. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What, are you, what are you doing? I don't know, I thought since uh, you were having a bit of trouble doing the intro, and this is about the tenth time that we're doing it, I thought I would uh, give it a go. Yeah, but this is, this is Luke's English podcast, not Paul's English podcast. Yeah, I know, but, you know, I you figured... Just, you can't just step in and just... It's just one of the disciples, right? It's, it doesn't matter. Is it, were Luke and Paul disciples? Disciples? I don't know. No, the, uh, yeah, Paul, Paul, Matthew, Mark, Luke and... Okay, Luke was... Uh, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an episode of the podcast that's all outtakes. <laughs> You realise that? Uh. We've just recorded something like 20 minutes of outtakes. <laughs> right, the next one we're going to do properly, all right? In fact, we might just carry on with this now. All right, let's do it. What do you think? Yeah, let's carry on. Let's just, gonna let's carry just on? do it. It's fine. Okay. It's good. Okay, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. There, you see? That's how you That's do it. That's how you do it. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. Welcome to another episode. <laughs> now, you might be listening to this and thinking, what's going on? Ah... Oh. <laughs> I don't know if you're making that noise, but um, oh god, what's going on? If you are thinking that, then don't worry, everything's fine. And so are we. That's the internally. That's what we're thinking. Yeah. Um, let me just explain. So you're listening to a podcast. You know what that is, don't you? You should do by now. 
Um, anyway, uh, it's produced by me. My name's Luke, and I'm an English teacher. Yes, I am, honestly, despite the slightly uh, disorganised way that I have begun this episode of the podcast. Um, I'm an English teacher, and I do this podcast for people who are learning English. I imagine that you are one of those people. You might be a long-term listener to the podcast, in which case this kind of introduction at the beginning is no surprise to you, because you've heard this kind of nonsense before, I suppose, and you're thinking, <laughs> Luke and Paul are just having fun at the beginning of the podcast, as usual. If you're new to the podcast, then... Uh, let me assure you that this is, an, in fact, an award-winning podcast for learners of English. That's right. Four awards. The same one, four times, which somehow... But that's good. The four that, one... Yeah? yeah, I mean, it depends what, what it... I can't remember the name of the award, but it was, yeah. It was the Macmillan Dictionary Award, basically, for uh, Best Blog 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2014, even though it's not a blog, it's a podcast. This is true. And it's basically whoever's got the most friends wins. It's the one... Well, it's... Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> no, but it's good. It's a good award. And if you've won it four times, it means that uh, every year it's uh, it's still... You're keeping up the quality. I think what it means really to me is that I've got some very, uh, very nice and appreciative listeners who recognise uh, that Luke's English Podcast is genuinely a wonderful way to improve your English. And so, uh, because they're nice people, they all voted for me and, and that's why I, I'm now able to blag about it. Yeah, it's good. Or brag about it. Brag about it, yeah. Blag and brag. Yeah, brag is like when you show off. And blag is a... Is, is Bla- that a French... Blag is, well... It, oh, to blag your way through something yeah. means to... to Back to fixed expressions, ladies and gentlemen. More vocabulary. So to brag is like, yeah, uh, I've won four awards. I think you'll find that it's, uh, you know, probably the best podcaster in the universe. <laughs> Uh, don't don't mean to brag about it though, of course, you know, and that's to brag, yeah. right? Um, and then to blag is to sort of basically sort of lie or uh, make up stories as a way of uh, cheating. Like for example, I've had uh, as a teacher, I've heard lots of pe- lots of my students blagging before. For example, like why are you late, Paul? Why are you late for the English class again? You're always late. My dog, uh, see what happened was my dog got caught. His leash got caught in the, in the car and we had to stop the car and take him out. And that's why it just took an extra 10 minutes. Just blagging again, aren't you? Such a, just such a blagger. It's just... <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard that term. I've heard the term to blag your way through something, but I've never heard a blagger. Right. Like to blag your way through something uh, for me is something like if you're if you're trying to do something uh, and you're not very good at it, you can blag your way through right. it by by doing something. Okay. Yeah. No. That's that makes total sense to me. Which I'm... means to kind of make up some stuff and uh, it's difficult to describe. But yeah. A okay. Blag. Here we go. Blag. This is from Cambridge Dictionaries Online. Um, look. Blag. Verb. To persuade someone in a clever or slightly dishonest way to allow you to do something or to give you something. In this case. You're late for the class, and you're just sort of trying to persuade me to let you come into the classroom, even yeah, though you're late. Fair enough. Uh, but uh, yeah, somehow they managed to blag their way in. Yeah. For example, you know, I went to uh, see I don't know a, the Rolling Stones concert. I didn't have a ticket, but you managed to blag your just way in. Blagged my way in. Yeah. It's like yeah, um, I'm an interviewer from Luke's English podcast. It's won four awards, and uh, I'm here to interview Keith Richards and Mick Jagger. And uh, look, the, my name's on the list. There it is. There anyway, thanks very much, and I was in. That's I uh, blagged. I just blagged my way you in. Blagged your way in, yeah. Yeah. See, the French word "blag" means joke. Right. Uh, speaking of jokes, uh, mm-hmm. the kind of theme of this podcast, I think, is uh, is Blagger. related to comedy oh, and how comedy Blagger. is similar to um, 
to language learning. What Sorry, have you I, just, done? I just said that uh, I got the computer to say the word blagger several times over the top of what you were saying as a sort of a digital insult. Oh, okay. Did, would, will, will they be able to hear that? Because yeah, I didn't they, hear they it. Can hear, you can't hear it. Put, put the headphones on. Okay, I'm going to put the headphones on. I'm putting the... He- oh, God, I've smashed my glasses. In fact... Um, Hold on, I can't figure yeah. it out very well. <laughs> <laughs> you should see what Paul I've got, is doing. I've got, one, I've got one earphone in. First of all, let's have the word blag in a British accent. Blag. Okay, that's and good. And here's the American version. Blag. 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 And blag. Blag. That's blag to persuade someone. Uh, so they're going to hear this? Is this mi- yeah, is yeah, it, they're okay. hearing all of this. So, for example, somehow they managed to blag their way in, and there are often people heading my way, so it's easy to blag a lift, Okay. which is like to persuade people to give you a lift in the car. Right. And then blagger is someone who blags. Blagger. Blagger. Yeah, and the American one. Blagger. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Blagger. Blagger. So there it is a word, but yeah, anyway. Right. So, sorry, I interrupted you, Paul. You no, I was, trying about- to, I was trying to get, do a good transition there from... From the shit that we were talking about into a real podcast. <laughs> no, that's a good. That's a good point. So yes, um, Paul, the, you've been away. You were in Edinburgh for uh, a month. Correct. Right? Yeah, I was in Edinburgh, uh, which is in Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, for a month, and uh, I was there for a festival, a comedy festival called the Fringe. Yeah. Uh, it's a comedy festival that runs uh, the entire month of August, pretty much where there's uh, thousands of people that go there as performers to create their own shows uh, and perform basically for a whole month where the city gets taken over and essentially every bar, every possible space is taken up by uh, uh, this Fringe Festival uh, where they put some chairs in and microphones and speakers and it becomes a comedy venue uh, for the whole month. And then there's there's free shows and there's paid shows as well. so yeah, it was. Uh, uh, that's where I've been for the last month is trying to be funny uh, in Scotland. Okay, so just for listeners who don't know, Paul is a friend of mine, and he's also um, a stand-up comedian. And um, earlier this year, he made the bold decision to quit his job, to give up his job in order to pursue stand-up comedy as uh, as his career. And it's it's a bold move because, you know, his job was pretty good. He used to work at Apple. Mm-hmm. He used to be in training at Correct, Apple, yeah. Right? I used to fly around the world and deliver training to people on, on Apple products. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I decided to give that up. Why did you give up the job then? Um, I think because I could see my, my life secure in front of me for a long time. It's a great company. It's not going to die anytime soon. Uh, and so... Uh, I could see myself at 60 years old retiring or whatever the retirement age is and uh, just having done that my whole life because it was my first proper job. Um, I'm 28 now or almost 29 um, and I started at Apple when I was 20. So basically I'd grown up with them and I could have stayed there for another 30 years Mm. and I think I would have regretted not having tried doing comedy uh, full time. So I thought at least I'll give it a go full time um, for a few years and if nothing really comes of it, uh, I'm pretty sure I could either get a job back at Apple or some other uh, company that would have me back. Because um, with eight years of Apple on a CV, I think it's. Uh, mm. I think I'll. Uh, I think I'll be all right. I'm not sure, but I'm excited about not knowing if I'm going to be all right or not. So you decided to basically take the risk and take the leap and leave the the, the job that could have kept you secure for for the rest of your life. Although that could have been a bit boring. Yeah, you chose to pursue the comedy as a as a risk and just to see what would happen yeah i gave up the uh i gave up the dream job to follow the actual dream some Mm. people call me brave some people call you stupid yeah 
mainly mainly me. Not really. It was just a... Well, it's, it's, people have said joke. that I'm brave, but I, I might be stupid. Right. So I need to do that sound whenever I say something that's intended to be funny. Okay? I can't hear... What is that? The drum? The... The... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we need to set you up with, a, with a headphones. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by my friend Paul Taylor. Hello, Paul. Hello. How are you, mate? You I'm all right? doing all right. Yeah, I'm doing... It's good to be back. Good to be back in Paris. Now, Paul has been away in Edinburgh for about a month. He's only just come back. He was away at the Edinburgh Fringe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.